Have you ever felt frustrated that you keep making the wrong mistakes over and over and over again? You know it's wrong, but you keep just making or making that same mistakes. You know, buying the stuff that you don't need and you regret? Am I the only one? I mean, are you, are you here this morning? You know, buying things that you shouldn't be buying and you say, oh man, I, I, I'm, I just, I'm going to promise myself this year I'm going to save. But, you know, you walk down a mall and there's 50% off stuff, you know, and you go, man, this is an opportunity. And so you bought it and then after a couple of months you regret it. Or, or say things that you shouldn't say. You know, I, I'm one of them. You know, I remember when I was younger, I used to say a lot of things, and I regretted. It's like, God, you know, help me. Why is it I keep saying this thing? I know it's wrong. I shouldn't have said it, and I said it, and here we are, you know, and it's just, oh, man. You know, when, especially when I was younger, I would say things that, you know, uh, would offend people, and then I didn't realize that, you know, it offended them so much that they, they left the church, you know, and, and uh, so my mouth, you know, I just kept saying the things that I shouldn't be saying, you know, it's like, God, help me, you know, uh, or, or, or even uh, saying things in the car in private, you know, like but when, uh, when somebody cuts you off, you know, and, and, and you, know, you know you shouldn't be saying those things in private, but you said it, it's like, oh, oh you know, I just don't understand, you know. Uh, or doing things that you shouldn't be doing, you know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of an example, you know, you know what I mean. If you're, doing, if you're one of those guys that keep doing the same thing, you know you shouldn't be doing it, but you just can't help it. You know, Romans 7, 19, Paul the Apostle says, Apostle said, I, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep going. We keep finding ourselves in that conundrum, in that dilemma. Today, I pray that the Holy Spirit will teach us how we can ensure that we always make the right decision especially those, listen, decision that we have to make in the spur of a moment, the decision that we don't get a lot of time to think about, in situations that confront us abruptly, that we must make decision almost out of reflex. Do you realize that those decisions that we have to make out of reflex are what shape us? It's not those big, massive, critical decisions. Who should I marry, shouldn't marry? They would shape us too, but what really shape our character is those small, little, insignificant decisions that we have to make out of reflex, out of our habits, out of our, our, our whatever that's inside. They shape who we are. Let me give you an example. If you're a saver, you've been saving all your life. You have this, this, this habit of saving. Every time you leave a room, you want to turn off the light. Every time you, every time you, uh, you, you go to a, a, a shopping mall, the first thing you think about is, you know, how to save, not where the sales are, how to spend, you know. And, and so you'll be one of those persons that, you know, uh, sometimes when, when a salesperson comes up to you or, or you walk in the store, a salesperson come up to you, appeal to your emotion. And because you have trained yourself emotionally and, and the way that you make decisions out of reflexes that always in a saving mode, that person will never be able to convince you to buy the stuff. But if you're the person that always falls for the sales, you haven't been trained to think that way, and you always go for the biggest sales, the best sales, and, you know, emotionally, your reflex is always, oh, if it's good, I'm going to buy it. That will shape who you are. 
whether you are a saver or you are a spender. Those decisions that you make about saving and spending are often made out of impulse, out of reflex. How do I know that? Because marketeers like me, when I was younger as a marketeer, we used to design our sales pitch, our marketing pitch to appeal to people's emotion. The decision makers' the emotion. It is their emotion that we're trying to manipulate so that they can buy stuff from us. Are you here this morning? I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3 to 6. So what we're going to try to address is how do we make sure those decisions that we make out of reflex, those decisions that we make out of impulse, those decisions that we have to make without having a lot of opportunity to analyze and think about would be the right decision all the time as opposed to regretting. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I did it again type of scenario, okay? Proverbs 11, verse 3 to 6. We go with three first. The integrity of the upright guides them. But the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Skip to verse 5. The righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked falls by his own wickedness. Verse 6. The righteous of the upright delivers them, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. Over the years, I may have, must have read this hundreds of times, if not thousands of times, this passage. If you're one of those guys that read Proverbs every day, you know, one chapter a day, first day of the month, you read Proverbs chapter 1, and then so on and so forth, right? If you are the one that, that read Proverbs once a day, you, you will probably have read Proverbs many, many, many times, especially this passage. Now, over the years, as I was going through this passage, I would thought, that if we live in righteousness, if our heart is right, if we live in integrity, if we are not wicked, if we live with a blameless lifestyle, then God would ensure that he would guide us, would ensure that he will keep our way straight, would ensure that he will deliver us from evil. That's my belief. I believe that these scriptures speak about the supernatural intervention of God. However, when I was meditating on this this week, actually for two weeks already I've been meditating on this, the Holy Spirit began to show me something that I've never seen before and I want to share with you. I believe it's going to help you and I to walk in a way that are guided, that are protected, and that we are delivered from pit holes and traps of life. Now, it is true that while the Holy Spirit do speak to us, God does speak to all of us who want to hearken unto His voice, and we preach about it in this church, that He would guide us supernaturally through gifts like prophecy, word of knowledge. It's true that the Holy Spirit will in intervene on our behalf or in in intervene in our path to shift our direction sometimes when we are going down the wrong direction. It is true that we teach about 
how we need to learn to hear the voice of God, recognize it is His voice, and obey His voice to avoid pitfalls and be able to go further than we could possibly imagine. It is through God and His Word had promised that those are the gifts and that His voice are available to speak to us, to guide us. But this passage we just read is not talking about that. This passage we read is talking about something else. It's talking about, watch this, our lifestyle, lifestyle or way of life, the lifestyle of integrity, the way of life that is blameless, the way of life that is upright, and how this kind of lifestyle would guide, would protect, and deliver us. Okay? I hope I haven't lost you yet. Lifestyle, a way of life, describe how we make decisions. Like I say, not just the big ones or the critical ones. Oh, should I marry this guy? They're important. But every decision, especially the ones that we make out of impulse. If you were to pay attention and jog down and log every impulse decisions you have made over your lifetime, you will see a pattern. That pattern reveals your thinking, your decision process, therefore your lifestyle. Those small and insignificant decisions are the ones that truly shape our character and therefore our life. Those small decisions we make, tons of them, every day we make tons of them. When you leave here this, right now, in fact, some of you sitting here have to make a decision. Do I wander off in my thinking or do I stay focused? That's a decision itself. Every decision you make, tons of them. Make every single day are often made habitually or instinctively or subconsciously. This decision would include how we react to a certain situation. Running the red lights, it's a decision. When you're going at 60 kilometers at a 40 kilometers zone and that you see a yellow line, either you accelerate to 90 or you stop down. Those are decisions, but usually they, they're made subconsciously and in, uh, uh, instinct, instinctively. For some guys, usually are guys, they just pedal the metal, right? What did they say? They say red lights. Is, it means stop. I remember when my kids were babies, they were telling me that, or, or you know, they were younger. They say, you know, that you know, red lights means stop, uh, green lights means go, and yellow light means go faster, right? <laughs> Just try to try to make through that the yellow lights, you know. But you know, anyway. So those are decisions. Uh, spend extra money is another one. Turning off the lights, savings, picking up after yourself. That's a decision. Hello. They also include work ethics, being excellent. How about fibbing? You know what that is? Little lies. They're decision. The Bible said, thou shalt not lie. And we have to make the decision all the time. And most of the time, we have to make that decision either to obey or disobey subconsciously or by reflection or, 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 or by instinct. We have no time to think about it. It's just habitual. So if you're habitually lying... 
then, then you'll be making the decision to lie. Cutting corners. You know, if you're in business, I would suggest and encourage you never to cut corners. Some people may be, may be having such a habit to cut corners. Some businesses, man, they cut corners. You know, they sell it to you cheap. But, you know, uh, yesterday we were, we were talking about buying a certain, I heard somebody was talking about buying some expensive product. I can't remember what it is. Um, oh, uh, oh, oh I, I listened to my nephew and niece. They were talking about this expensive sneakers that's $500. And that guy said it's only $500. I was thinking to myself, man, when is this guy going to learn how to respect money? But anyways, that's, that's up to their parents. Shaka, I don't care. Glory to God. God bless them so much. $500 means nothing. Then praise the Lord. But anyways, you know, and I heard somebody said, you know, uh, um, oh, I can get it for you with an amazing deal. You know, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's 70% off or something like that. And I heard another person comment saying, you know, better be careful because there are a lot of knockoffs out there. There's a lot of knockoffs out there. And, you know, there are people that are trying to cut corners to gain an advantage. Knockoffs is the personification of cutting corners of cutting corners. That's why they're so cheap. Every time when you see a cheap deal, you remember this. You get what you pay for. But that's not what I'm preaching today. But, you know, if you are so used to cutting corners... You know, the Bible talks about how God considers it as an abomination for those who change the weight of the scales. You know, old days, they change the weight of the scales, right? So merchants, you know, they're trying to manipulate the scales so that they can sell you more and, pay, and, and get more pay with less products. And so people who are, who are so used to cutting corners, so those, those decisions sometimes we make out of habits. So these habitual or instinctive decisions are those that we don't think twice about it. We seem to make them subconsciously, may not even be aware that we're making those decisions while we're making them. And we have no ill intention. It's just habits. As a matter of fact, I would say this. Many people who had discover their problem and try to change the problem. For example, a, a person may be discovering, why am I cussing so much? Why am I swearing so much? You know, I, I'll be, I, I know I counsel, you know, I counsel a lot of people in this church and sometimes, you know, I'll be, I'll be sitting with uh, some people that, you know, they've been in the world and lived through a lot of darkness and, and they, they don't know that they're, of, you know, they're, 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 they're cussing is, is not okay, you know, <laughs> in front of me. And, you know, I, I've learned how to live with grace. You know, I love them anyways. I understand where they come from. From. I remember one guy, you know, just recently sitting in my office, he was like cussing away, you know, cussing away. And, and you know, you know, I mean, are we, we're talking about some, you know, S word. I mean, the guy go for the F language, you know, just, I was sitting there, oh, Father. Oh. But I know this person is doing it out of habits. It's not like he's intentionally trying to be offensive. And so sometimes for people who cuss a lot, they, they try to live an upright life, you know, try to be a goody tissue, you know, not cuss, you know. But, you know, they can only do so much until some sort of abrupt accident or they kick themselves and hurt themselves or, or something happened and cussing will start to come out. When you put a squeeze on them, you know, cussing words will start flowing out very freely. I remember Pastor Joe Austin's dad, John Austin, used to say this. He said, whatever you are filled with, we will know when we put a squeeze on you. Yes, sir. So if you're filled with cussing, 
When we put, you see, real personality and character only come out when pressure is applied, in other words. You can be, oh, holy, oh, I'm holy. All come to church and pray. I'm not judging, okay, by the way. We're all in the same body, yes? So, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And you leave the church, you know, and, and you line up in the bus stop and some, some dude or some lady just cut you and stand in front of you. Well, you know, that's when pressure's on and you're being squeezed. And what's it going to come out? Is, is love going to flow out? Or are you going to go, excuse me, lady, you know. So you may try to manage it, but whatever is inside, it'll come out. If one has habitually made the wrong kind of decision, the wrong decision will be made under pressure with no time to think through. And that's why a lot of people say, man, I don't understand why I keep making the wrong decision. I keep doing what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I'm supposed to do. This is how bad instinct or bad habits are cultivated. We find ourselves constantly making bad decisions because of what had been cultivated, watch this, all of our life. For example, a person who is lacking affection in their childhood would often crave for the affection in the wrong place without even knowing why. They seem to often make decisions the, the, with the wrong type of people because these people seem to offer what they were craving for. And so they get involved and they find out that it's the wrong guy again. If you come from a cutthroat survival of the fittest environment, in an environment of lack, or you, you grew up watching people give no regards to others, but just try to survive. You and I may find ourselves, if we come from that environment, having the same kind of thought process and making the same kind of decision to give little or no regards to others. Selfish, self-centered, and self-focused. You know, they say the city of Toronto is made up mainly by immigrants. People come from other parts of the world. And I have observed myself, because I came from an immigrant family too, right? So we came and, and you know, we act a certain way when you come from an environment that has been an environment of lack. And so you be more careful and you tend to be, at least for me at the time, you know, before the Lord changed me, it tend to be a bit cheap, you know, like a, a frugal, you may, you may say. You tend to be, uh, you tend to watch your money quite rigorously and, and to the point that you, you become selfish. And that you give no regards to others. You don't know how to, you're not worrying about other people, you're worrying about your own survival. Even when you have been given tremendous amount of blessings, you will find yourself still behaving a certain way. You know, among the Chinese people, the joke around us is, you go to some of the older Chinese homes, they usually have plastics over their furnitures. 
they have those furnitures for 20 years already, but there's plastic. Why? Because they want to preserve the furniture to be new forever. Even though the plastic looks very old, but never mind, underneath is still very new. If we come from an environment where people often cuss and swear, it is rather natural that we also cuss and swear. You may try to put up a front to be polite, but under pressure, as I mentioned, or confronting sudden fear or negative situation, all those cursing words will start to come out. Now, I want to tell you about the good news, okay? So we talk about the bad news, why, you know, diagnose about how, why we behave the way we behave. Let me tell you the good news. The good news is that as bad habits can be cultivated, good habits can also be cultivated. In fact, for those who have experienced the regeneration in our spirit, the born-again experience, being filled with the Holy Spirit, we've also witnessed that some of our bad habits would literally go over go away overnight, just disappear. You know, people will be cussing. I've seen people that are cussing all the time. As soon as they met the Lord, have an encounter with God, all those things just go away. The people who smoke sometimes, you know, smoke away, you know, smoke away weeds or whatever, they all of a sudden have zero desire for it. They got delivered immediately. Almost like overnight, the bad habits just disappear. When we are saved, our spirit is born again, regenerated. That process would bring a shift, watch this, to our soul, most importantly, to our spirit. And often we, we also would change our mindset and therefore lead us to have a different experience, making a different kind of experience, liking and disliking different kind of things. You know, I was talking to a brother last night, yesterday, you know, we we're talking about a certain uh, political party and so forth, and, and I asked him, you know, if you were not saved, you remember the time when you were not saved, would you have not, would you have not voted for this party? He said, yes, I would have easily voted for this party. Because his moral choices and his perspective was different before he got saved. But after he got saved, he naturally made different kind of decisions, think differently. Nobody put a gun to his head. In fact, he's coming to this church that says that God loves you anyways. What happened? There is a spiritual shift in the person. And if you're one of those individuals that you're struggling, you're struggling with things and issues in life, I want to encourage you. That there is good news that the Holy Spirit can cause a transformation and a shift in your life so that you will think differently and so that all of a sudden those cussing words will disappear. I've seen, I've seen people that come to church cussing, cussing, cussing and have all kinds of problems, but they got born again, transformed by the power of God. They really have encountered God. Boy, everything just changed and they wouldn't cut. They don't even have the desire to do so anymore. Now, one would ask, why is it that some people are so lucky to have this overnight transformation and shift after they become believers, while the rest of many Christians still struggling with their habits, struggling with their cigarettes? You know, you heard two kinds of stories, right? So some, some Christian would say, you know, after I got saved, man, I feel no desire for cigarettes. Glory to God, I love Jesus. Everything shifts. And then you hear other stories that, oh, pastor, man, I've been trying so hard, you know, trying for years. I haven't been able to give up smoke. What's up with that? I don't know. I don't have the answer. It's the same questions like, why is it that somebody gets saved and healed immediately and other people have to learn about faith and so forth? Why is it? I don't know. But whatever that we're given, if we do it diligently, we'll have the same victory. Are you here this morning? The Word of God did promise that He will empower us 
to make changes in our life. First Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says, By which he has granted to us this precious and very great promises that so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. It's the promise of God that he will give you the ability, the grace to become an overcomer. Even if you had not experienced the miracle of an overnight transformation. God promised he will give you power and strength to become victorious. Some of us had to work on it. Some of us had to apply the truth of God in our lives. Some don't. But either way, if we are faithful to what has been given to us, you'll be blessed. How is it that we can cultivate a right habit so that our reflex and our, the decision that we have to make out of reflex with no time to consider would be the right one. The first thing is Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. In this church, we speak a lot about changing mindset in many different things. In t- and in this area, it's also about changing your mindset. The, the Word of God we read in Proverbs chapter, chapter 11 about how integrity can guide a person. Now, if you... Immerse yourself. Train your mind to think with integrity. In other words, you immerse yourself with the Word of God. You let the Word of God speak to you about integrity. As supposed to fill your mind with lies and cheat. You know, your mindset and my mindset can be changed by what we allow to inundate our mindset. Are you here this morning? The mindset doesn't automatically go whatever direction it wishes to go. It's how you plan it, how you inundate your mind with, or what you inundate your mind with. Your mindset will think of integrity if you inundate yourself, surround yourself with words of integrity, people that have character of integrity. Just walk with people who have integrity. Just observe them and allow yourself to be surrounded by them. Listen to me. There are a lot of narrative out there that are evil and immoral, from movies, sitcoms, to whatever out there. And yet we allow Christians, I'm not trying to condemn you or try to stop you to enjoy your movies or whatever, but many of us have spent more time allowing the messages of those movies to inundate our mind than allowing the Word of God to speak to us. No wonder we think like the world. No wonder. But if you want to think like child of God, walk in divine, be the partaker of the divine nature of God that Peter talks about, you need to inundate your mind, surround your mind with the Word of God. Sunday morning, I only have half an hour to speak to you. But I pray to God that from Monday to Saturday, every morning, every day, you have an opportunity to allow yourself to be spoken to with the Word of God. Then you can find yourself having the mind shift and your thinking shift. And that's why you can make decisions our reflex that it's going to be right and with integrity. And that's how you're going to get guided. Sometimes there are pit holes, pitfalls and traps that if you make the wrong decision, you will fall into. But if you have a mindset that is transformed by the Word of God or miraculously that to think with integrity, you will help yourself to avoid all those traps in life. That's the Word of God. Listen. You and I who have children raise our children to have right habits. 
right habits to, of working and don't fib, don't lie, don't cheat. Every time they lie, we confront them. Why? Because we want to cultivate the right, the right mindset and therefore cultivate the right attitude in them. Therefore, when they make decisions in the future out of reflex or whatever, whenever they have to make quick and critical decisions, they will be making the right quick critical decision. We want to train them to have good work ethics so that every time when they are confronted with a situation, whether they're going to work hard or they're going to be lazy, they will choose to work hard. Out of re impulse, out of reflex, they will choose to walk in the right way. That's why the Bible says, train your child as the way they should go. Train them when they are growing up. Train your thinking. Speak to them with the right thinking, and they will make the right decision when they grow up. Remember, it's always those decisions that are out of reflex, decisions out of impulse, decisions that you have no time to actually consider and, and think about it. Those are the decisions that usually shape who we are. I want to encourage you this morning to begin to allow God to shift your mind. If you have not had that miracle, but you can ask for it. Say, God, I want that miraculous shift in my mindset. Give me that miraculous shift. Now, whether He's coming through with the overnight transformation of your mind or that He's going to allow you to begin to expose to the truth of God, expose to integrity, expose to righteous talk, expose to His Word, whatever it is, be open to it. Allow Him to change your mind. Then He'll change your habit. Then you'll change your lifestyle. Then he'll ensure that every decision you make will be made with great integrity and therefore you are properly guided in your life, delivered from traps and pitfalls in your life. I pray for that in Jesus' name, for the victory in this house. Then you, know, you come here every Sunday. I pray every Sunday when you come here, God, what is it that you can speak to us that we can grow a little bit? This week, I pray that you, have, you will make the decision to make a decision to transform your thinking and therefore your way of making decision so that whatever ways that you walk in, you always know it's the right way. You don't even have to come and say, Pastor Paul, you know, what kind of decision do I make? You would know because you have the right mindset. It is not God in Proverbs says that will guide you. It is the integrity of the upright guides them. It is the righteousness of the blameless keep his way straight. It is the righteousness of the upright delivers them. How? The decisions that they make in righteousness. The decision they make in integrity. That's how it keeps them in a safe and straight path protect them and guide them and deliver them from captivity. Would you please stand this morning?